Welcome to Awesome with Allison. I'm Allison, and my only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen, whether it's by laughing at me, laughing with me, (laughs) or learning something new and helpful. I hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I've got my man, (laughs) my lover, Eric Robertson. <laughs> We're in Pleasant Picture uh, Studio. Have you decided to not talk this episode? <laughs> Have you just made the executive decision you're done? Hi, <laughs> uh, guys. Uh, Eric is cute. He does this thing where he goes, My head hurts or my back hurts. And I say, have you taken it? <laughs> Eric's actually not going to talk this episode, so this will be fun. I'll talk for Eric. <laughs> uh, hey, babe. Uh, <laughs> and I and I say, have you taken any medicine? You know. And he goes, oh, I don't know where it is. And then I go, Well, you can't feel better unless you take some medicine. And then two hours later, he's like fiddling around under the desk. My back is seizing up. <laughs> Did you take any medicine? Oh, okay. I can never find it. Yeah, uh huh. It's we literally have ten bottles of ibuprofen around y- the house. You could have a hundred if they're in bad places. Yeah, it's useless. <laughs> so hopefully the puppy feels better. <laughs> Do you feel better, puppy? <laughs> Not yet. You guys, I'm very excited for this episode. Um, I'm excited. I'm not excited. I am excited. So today I'm going to be talking about, finally, finally, I'm going to talk about losing some weight. So I've lost about, I don't know, over 35 pounds. Um, and I started um, active. So I had a baby, though. My baby is 14. Is she 14 months yeah, old? Yeah, just a little over 14 months. Yeah. I am going to share my top tip for losing weight. And you are not going to like it at all. But you might like it. But it's different than you think it is. But I'm going to make you listen to a little tale of a little fat girl. <laughs> can you say, can you say like Michael Scott? Here's the rub. Here's the rub. <laughs> I'm going to make you listen to a story about a little fat girl uh, who went to a Jenny Craig in fourth grade. <laughs> Her name. Wait, this is autobiographical. Yeah, it's autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a fat kid. You're welcome. Thanks for playing. I think that accounts for my large, loud, sparkling personality. Kind of gives you a bit of backstory there. And so I'm the middle of five kids. This is the first time I remember comparing my body to other little kids' bodies. I remember I was probably eight or nine, and I was sitting on the carpet in the library for story time. And we sat crisscross applesauce. And so my thighs were, you know, pushed up against each other. And I realized that my Um, thighs cushioned up bigger than all the other little girls. And I don't know why I feel like crying. That's so I'm that's just that's like 
my earliest memory of my body. Um, my little sister is a year and a half younger than me. So we are compared and looked at pretty much as twins. So my whole life I was compared to her and she had the, you know, just the effortless little girl body and never really thought about it. And I just didn't have that. And my mom thinks um, that I maybe started eating a lot more. She was pregnant and on bed rest with my younger brother. I remember sitting at the dinner table and at the kitchen counter and thinking that I must be a slower eater than all the other kids, <laughs> <laughs> than all the other kids in my family because I would always be there so much longer. Hey, than- where'd everyone else go? <laughs> It like didn't occur to me that I was probably eating like twice as much as they were. And um, yeah, I just remember eating. I just really liked eating. <laughs> and I remember like hiding in the pantry, eating Dunkaroos. Do you guys <laughs> I don't know what those are. I don't mean I don't mean to make light of this because um it's sad and it's actually really, really serious and like caused a lot of problems for me in my life. Well, you said Dunkaroos. I don't know what that is, but it sounds Dunkaroos, funny. They were like those little kangaroo crackers that you dipped in like a little batch of like chocolate kind of frosting. Uh, you don't remember Dunkaroos? No, I was only allowed to eat Triscuits. <laughs> Were you not a child of the 80s? My goodness. Yeah, so those are my earliest memories. And to the credit of my mom, when I when I mentioned that I was on Jenny Craig in fourth grade, uh, people... Uh, it, it never occurred to me that people would judge my mom for this. But here's the thing about my mom, you guys. She actually has a really healthy body image. And what started happening towards the end of elementary school, my parents were concerned that I would go into middle school. So in California, middle school is sixth grade, that I would go into middle school and that I would move into high school and I wouldn't get this weight thing under control and that I would, you know, miss out. So they took me to a nutritionist and I remember meeting with the nutritionist and they had us like fill out a food diary. Uh, After meeting with the nutritionist and, you know, filling out the food diary, uh, the nutritionist said to my mom, you don't need to worry about her with her personality. She's not the type to get an eating disorder. And I was actually super offended because... I, I I don't know. I really was super offended because like I kind of, um, that was also the 80s. I think eating disorders were kind of romanticized a little bit. Like that gymnast movie, Little Girls in Pretty Boxes and like Seventeen Magazine. It just was like cool to have it. It was not, it is not cool to have an eating disorder. We're talking about like an 11 year old with warped thoughts. Okay. Well, not, you also don't like when anyone says anything specific exactly. about it. Yeah, that's true. So it was more like that. But I don't I don't think that I ever had a technical eating disorder, even through college or I mean through high school. Definitely some crash diets, but I do think I've I've always had an eating disorder in that I've used food incorrectly and I've eaten incorrectly. And so I I just, I really felt inspired to share this backstory with you guys. Yes, I recently have lost 35 pounds, but um, I have been losing weight my entire life. I remember losing weight in middle school. I remember the comments and praise that I got for that. I remember losing weight in high school. I remember having three boys 
start asking me out. I remember Jared when I <laughs> when I saw him after we had broken up and I saw him somewhere and I had lost a bunch of weight and his friends saying how hot I was and all of a sudden he wanted to date me again. I remember hiding in the pantry eating food. I remember being in fifth grade and having my friends say to me, if somebody wanted to be mean to you, they could make a joke about you being like a blimp. But I wouldn't do that because I don't want to be mean to you. I remember always being picked last for every um, sport in um, elementary school. And we played kickball at lunch and I was always picked last and I wasn't good at sports. I'm still not good. (laughs) Yeah, that that hasn't changed. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's interesting that those are the memories that come to mind because most of those memories are a reflection of how other people responded to my weight loss and how I found validation and motivation through other people telling me or complimenting me or praising the weight loss. And that was probably the motivation for the weight loss in the first place, which is again, not a healthy motivation. So yeah, it's it's very much a part of me and I think it's very much been a definition of myself. I think I'm so grateful that it's a part of me because like that nutritionist said, um, you know, not in spite of this, but because of this, this very bougie white girl with loving parents and nothing else hard in her life um, learned to rely on my humor and personality and other things than just my physical appearance. And again, I think I did have that support and I'm, I'm a type A hard worker. What I think is so interesting is people, especially now that I I'm online and I have more people talking to me. I just hear more of what somebody who maybe doesn't have as wide of circle hears. And what I hear so much is, what's your secret? What's your secret? And here's the secret. There's no freaking secret to losing weight. It is the easiest thing in the entire world because there is no secret. It is simple, but hard to execute. The only thing you have to do to lose weight is eat less and exercise more, period. Period. <laughs> and, and be hungry. <laughs> and then be hungry. Now, 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 I am not a nutritionist. I am not a doctor. I'm not an exercise scientist. I am sharing a personal experience and I am not minimizing um, the struggle that comes with weight loss because guys, thanks. I've had it. I can remember the different times in my life when I've lost weight and I have had three babies and I've gained over 50 to 60 pounds with each baby. Yeah, I have some medical things that happen, but mostly I gain so much weight because I feel really awful and eating makes me feel better. So... I've had to lose a lot of weight from that. And I honestly will say that until this most recent baby, the weight loss and the gaining of the weight really, really ruined me. It messed with my head. Yes, I lost weight. I didn't lose it in an unhealthy way, but I didn't have a healthy mindset. And it wasn't until um, after having Fiona that I just decided I could not care anymore. I could not let it just wreck me because I had three babies to take care of and a husband and work that I wanted to do. And 
I just, I couldn't let it define me anymore. I couldn't not go places because I was embarrassed of the way I looked. Again, like, I know that the top question you probably have is, well, how do I get there? How do I get there? And I think it's going to look different for everyone. And again, that's why I'm sharing this personal story. And I'm sharing the backstory with you that I've had to learn how to lose weight. I've probably done a different diet or a different program. In college, I ran marathons because I found that distance running helped with my anxiety. It helped with my mental health. I really like running. I I ran in high school too. Um, I played tennis. I exercised and um, probably obsessed about it in an unhealthy way. But I mean, you know, for me, my values are that I'm a daughter of God and I have inherent worth. And so I think that really helped me from just letting the body image thing completely consume me. But like I said, even then, it wasn't until my early 30s, I'm 33, it wasn't until my early 30s that I feel like I really got a handle on it. And so after I had Fiona, I was, I weighed more than I had ever weighed in my entire life. And also I didn't, um, the weight was not coming off. So I was nursing Fiona and usually like, like I said, I gained 60 pounds and usually kind of 20 to 30 pounds of that would come off from giving birth and uh, (laughs) nursing and kind of watching what I ate. And then I'd usually have to really work for that last 20 or 30 pounds. But each baby, I was up 10 pounds from like when I started having babies, right? I was heavier than I had ever been when I got pregnant with Fiona. And then after I had her, that weight was not coming off. And this is what I decided. I don't have time for this. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Would you say, ain't nobody got time for this? Ain't no, I, (laughs) he speaks. Chime in anytime you want. Eric can tell you when we're first married, I lost a bunch of weight before our wedding. I was in love. I was busy. The weight just flew off me. It's one of the only times I can remember losing weight without trying was right before we got married. Then after we got married, I gained weight, obviously, because we ate a ton of food. (laughs) And I didn't exercise as much. And I would just berate myself. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that? I mean... The only time we would get in fights and Eric would yell at me, honestly, is because I wouldn't stop talking about how fat and worthless I was. Yeah, it was infuriating. It's the only time, like, in our marriage he has yelled at me. And and honestly, you know what? Like, I needed... I'm not mad you yelled at me. Like, I needed to be shook up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And again, I think seeing how just this hatred for my body and this drama that I would let myself get into affected him. And then also... Because I had no problem with your body. No. I loved your body. Fast forward to Fiona. I weigh a lot, guys. I like... At this point, I weigh more than my brother. You know, I weigh... <laughs> You're up in digits you don't think you've ever seen. And again, you know, it's it's all relative to like what size you're used to being. And for me, I had always been able to fit into the largest sizes at like maybe an H&M. And at this point, I could no longer fit into those. I needed to buy um, either plus size clothing or order clothes online. So that was also kind of new and different for me. I'm going to share my main tip for losing weight. But right now, here's what I'm going to say about being at a weight you're unhappy with. Get over it in that 
buy clothes that fit you. Don't punish yourself for weighing more than you think you should weigh. And I'm not going to buy clothes until I weigh a certain amount. Feeling drab and dowdy and not loving what you're wearing. Why on earth would anybody find that motivating? Like you can email you can email me because a lot of people have this logic. And if you find it motivating, sincerely, I encourage you to do it. But for me, I have never been motivated by shaming myself into wearing clothes I don't like wearing because I don't want to buy a bigger size clothing. So I was smart enough to know that after I had Fiona, I went out and I bought some big girl sizes and I ordered them online. And I started following some plus size models because they had links to plus size clothing. And I bought a plus size swimsuit. And looking at those plus size models, I thought, we all look real good together. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We are all looking real sexy. But this is what it comes down to. I was watching Lip Sync Battle. And I'm going to put the link to this there's a lip sync battle where Anne Hathaway does Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball. <sighs> and she <laughs> she strips down to like Miley Cyrus type like underwear and tank top and then a wrecking ball appears and she runs and she jumps on the wrecking ball and starts swinging. And I thought, I want to lose weight so that if I need to, I can swing on a giant wrecking ball. Mm -hmm. Um, A common occurrence. Yes. (laughs) And this is what it came down to. I didn't want to lose weight because I cared about weighing a specific amount or looking a certain way. I am in this for the long run. I sincerely want to build an empire. I'm not 100% sure what it looks like yet, but in order to be kicking trash and taking names in my 60s, I cannot be overweight in my 30s. It's just the facts. The Dems de breaks, guys. And I know that. Like The odds are I'm only going to get heavier as I'm older. And so I wanted to lose weight, but I also just did not have the time or energy and was not prioritizing it. So meanwhile, I'm throwing, this is last year, I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I had Fiona in December and I throw a dance party in March. So she's like two and a half months old and I weigh more than I have ever weighed. And if you haven't ever seen any pictures from my dance parties, it's all me taking pictures of me with other people dancing. So I just had to suck it up and decide that it wasn't about me. I wasn't doing the dance parties because of me. And if I wasted any time worrying about people comparing pictures of me in my current dance parties to pictures of me in my past dance parties, that there would be no dance parties. And the women need to dance. And so honestly, my job in a sense forced me to get over it. I had to decide because of my job and because I provide for my family with what I do, I had to decide if caring about my weight was more important than getting my job done. And so in a way, it was really liberating because I had to not care. I also had to make the decision not to care that I couldn't lose weight right that minute because I was honestly doing the best I could do. It just didn't include losing weight. So how did I get to the point to lose weight. How did I lose the weight? And now I will share with you my top tip. Thank you for wading it through. 
(laughs) And it is this. Figure out why you're eating. Period. Dramatic emphasis. (laughs) Figure out why you're eating. Okay. So I'm going to give you the technical details of how I lost weight this time first. Again, I lost over 35 pounds. And like I said, it's never that complicated. You eat less and you exercise more. But what I did specifically this time is I have been counting calories for almost six months. Mm -hmm. I've been counting my calories for almost six months. As soon as I got myself to a place where I could lose weight, I have not missed a day counting calories in over six months. I did 1,600 calories. Again, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know what's... Per day, right? Per day, 1,600 calories per day. I was nursing and what MyFitnessPal does, I used the MyFitnessPal app on my phone, not because I'm endorsing it, but because that's all I knew and had, okay? And what it does is it suggested this many calories if you want to lose it in this amount of time. But I was nursing, uh, not a ton, but nursing a little bit. And so I knew that that burned some calories. But Fiona's so small, I figured she wasn't eating that much. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, the thing that I love about my fitness pal is that it has a step counter. It shifted the way I thought about steps and walking. And here's the reason I chose counting calories. I wanted to eat cookies. I wanted to eat candy. I wanted to eat fast food. I don't have time to cook meals. I'm Correction, I don't prioritize my time in order to make meals. I did not want to spend a lot of money on fancy food. And in the past, I had thought that counting calories was the worst because it almost encourages me to eat packaged food and fast food because it's easy to count the calories. But I just made the executive decision to not let perfect be the enemy of good. And I was going to count my calories. I was going to make the best estimates I could if I didn't have the exact calories. And even if I went over on my calories, I counted them. I counted calories on vacation. I counted calories on holidays. I still count calories to this day. And And you're still losing weight. And I am still losing weight, but I'm also not super actively trying to maintain that 1600 calories. I mean, I usually stay right about there. But the other thing I like about my fitness pal is if you exercise, it gives you more calories and it also adjusts your calories for how much you walk. It counts your steps and then you get more calories. So I liked that. So here are my, what I believe my secrets for success were with that is that when I hit a plateau, which I did, there was a period of three weeks where I religiously counted calories, even when under on some days, switched it up a little bit on some days and did not lose a single smidgen of weight. When that happened, I thought to myself, regular old Allison would quit and say this isn't working, but I had prioritized why I was losing weight. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, what I did to get myself to the place that I could do this weight loss program. So when I wasn't losing the weight, I would say, you know, old Allison would quit, but new Allison is not just doing this for the number or the weight or the end result. I'm doing it because this is the life that I want to lead now. I listened to this podcast by Shalene Johnson about what to do during a weight loss plateau. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes. I'm going to link to all of the resources I talk about in the show notes. I always do on my blog, thealisonshow.com. 
that podcast episode, I listened to it two or three times to give me motivation to keep going and to not give up. The other thing is that when absolutely nobody for months and months and months on end of me counting calories noticed that I was losing weight online at parties in person. I did not care. I did not let it deter me. I did not quit because nobody was noticing because I wasn't doing it for that. That's how I lost weight. I started by um, walking because I wasn't good enough shape to do anything else. I walked so I could get more calories, so I could eat more food. And then I started running. And I know strength training and resistance and weight training is really important. And they say that's better for losing weight. But I also decided that I was going to do what worked for me. And what works for me is walking and running because I love it for my mental health. I'm going to share specifically my my thing, my little, uh, I've kept it, I'm not a secret, but I haven't shared it because it was kind of my special thing. Not that I didn't want other people to have it, but it's kind of nice to have a few private things in life, guys. Um, but I'm now I'm at a place where it's been such a gift to me. I'm going to release it to the world. So I'm going to share that what I do on my walks and my runs that makes me so happy that I always post, um, dancing videos, uh, on my walks and runs on Instagram. How did I get myself to the point where I could lose weight? I had to figure out why I was eating. And before I could do that, I had to free up the energy to figure it out. And so in our last uh, podcast episode, I talked about yes and no phases and how to determine if you're in a no phase or a yes phase, what that means, what it looks like. That's episode seven if you want to check that out. And I was in a big no phase, no to taking on an exhausting project, no to trying to lose weight because I was stretched thin. So I do what I do, which is I, I turn to books and I start reading. And I wasn't even looking for this when I started reading this book, but it empowered me. I started reading Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before. It is a book about habits. In it, she has this self-analysis quiz. You know I love a self-analysis quiz. And you determine which of the four tendencies you are. And all of these tendencies make and keep habits in different ways. If you're familiar with this, my tendency is that I am an upholder. Again, you can go to her website. She, it's a free analysis quiz, but I highly recommend the book Better Than Before because that's where I learned for my tendency, which way making habits was going to work for me best. And it's like, I kind of already knew it, but it was really helpful to hear it. Gretchen Rubin, the author is also an upholder. And she mentioned something about counting calories. And it honestly was this like light bulb. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. So I was reading that book. And simultaneously, I was also reading Glennon Doyle Melton's Love Warrior. And I adore this book. It's a memoir. I really, really liked it. It really spoke to me at the time. And it really, I don't know, it just really helped me free up some energy and stop feeling this way and that way and feeling drained. And this quote is from that book, Love Warrior. We can choose to be perfect and admired or real and loved. I feel like that's 
kind of my choice. I've made that choice online in the way that I share my life already. I, I just share that quote because that kind of really gives you like a feel of the book. And just reading that book really helped me. And reading books always really helps me. And it causes self-reflection and it causes you to think about your habits and your uh, thoughts in a new way. And it's not just reading the books, though. It's putting the things that I learned into action. And so by reading these different books, by putting a few things into action, I was able to have some more experiences and talk to more people. And then I came to a big conclusion that is (laughs) really simple, but really changed a lot of things for me. And it was this. I was allowing myself to be drained. Notice how I phrased that. Not people were draining me or I was being drained. I was allowing myself to be drained. And the way I was being drained was by worrying about and placing emphasis and importance on things that I had no control over. As soon as I stopped doing that, and these issues are unique to me, and you're going to have the ones that are unique to you, I realized the reason why I was eating was because I felt empty. I needed to refill myself in a different way than eating everything I could find after 10 p.m. at night. Also, I needed to shift my thinking in that I can eat whatever I want. I can, like Eric said before, I don't like people telling me (laughs) I can't do or have something. I can tell myself that and I didn't want to feel deprived. And so... I found a system that was like, sure, Allison, eat an In-N-Out cheeseburger, but you're going to be starving the rest of the day because you used those calories up. Like I said, I eat cookies and cheeseburgers and all sorts of unhealthy things, but when you're counting your calories, you start to realize you're hungry when you're not eating filling healthy foods. And so I started making healthier choices because I didn't want to be hungry, not because somebody told me I couldn't eat those foods. And so finding a system that worked for me and realizing why I was eating, uh, I was eating because I felt empty. I know that's why we're all eating. We feel empty somewhere. That's why I think weight loss is a really interesting thing because Using food to fill whatever need we have or whatever thought cycle that isn't healthy or whatever it is, it's like a telltale sign that we have some unhealthy thoughts somewhere happening or we are trying to fill a need. It could even be something as simple as not getting enough sleep. I think that we eat because we're empty somewhere. I found where I was empty As I started counting the calories and as I started paying attention, and this was a tip from Shalene Johnson, I started paying attention to when I felt the need to eat and when I felt just starving. I got to a point where my appetite is under control and all of a sudden I would have a certain emotion and I would be starving, ravenous. And I realized when I uh, would feel panicked or like I didn't have control over a situation, I would just go and eat something. The other time I eat is when I feel stressed out about my kids. This happened... 
I got into this habit when Ginger was a, like one and a half and just learning to talk and walk. And it's just a rough age because they're just mad that they can't talk and mad that they can't walk. And they're frustrated and she would throw tantrum after tantrum. And I would go in the kitchen and just shove donuts, 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 donuts into my mouth. I like, I remember hiding in the corner of our old house, just shoving donuts in my mouth because honestly, I felt inadequate as a mother. I felt empty of my resources of being a good mom. I felt like a failure. I didn't know how to handle all the tantrums and I just would eat donuts. My top tip for losing weight (laughs) why are you eating? And then you've got to free up the energy so that you can handle the situation. So I'm going to distill this down to five action items for you. Okay. Because I've talked a lot. I've shared a lot in other podcast episodes. We have some segments and we share book recommendations and we'll focus on a single topic, but I just, I felt it was important to give you guys the whole story and to just tell you exactly how I feel about all of this weight loss. Just in the simple hopes that it maybe can help someone not feel so obsessed with it and caught up in it for as long as I did. Because it is so unbelievably freeing to not have it define me anymore. And so here are my five um, action items. Find some self-love. Oh, wait. I have a... Okay, I realized that... You can play a song for 30 seconds. I just... (laughs) No matter what they take from me, they can't take away my (laughs) 30 seconds, dang it. You guys, because the greatest love of all is happening to me. (laughs) Learning to love yourself. That is the greatest love of all. Finding self-love, unfortunately, does not happen from reading memes on Instagram, (laughs) following inspirational quote posts, or even from just listening to my podcast. I wish I could give you everything that you need, but I can't. Self-love comes from changing your thoughts. That's it. If you change your thoughts, you will change your life. So find some self-love, whether that's books, therapy, talking to friends, find whatever you can to help change your thoughts and find that self-love and get to a place where you can, number two, figure out why you're eating. You need to figure out why you're eating. And again, I don't know if I knew exactly why I was eating before I started losing weight or before I started counting the calories. But in order to determine you know, why I was eating, I needed to free up my energy and start putting things into action. Again, action, action, action. I've been listening to Seth Godin's uh, Startup School podcast, and he talks about entrepreneurs and freelancers, and he talks about how people will wait. They have a duck, and they want to get all their ducks in a row before they get started. And he says, as an entrepreneur, and I believe this is, is true in life too, you don't need all your ducks in a row. You just need a duck. 
That's it. <laughs> quack. Quack. Uh, so listen to this quack and get a duck. You don't need them all in a row. So number one, find some self-love. Number two, free up that energy so you can find out why you're eating. That comes from the self-love. Number three, identify your tendency with habits and find a plan that suits you. So I said the way that I found my tendency with habits was by reading that book better than before. You can do it any way you want. I realized that... I don't need anyone else to hold me accountable. I will hold myself accountable. I just commit to an action plan, but I tend to go too far, right? I run marathons. I don't just go for a jog. So I realized that I needed to find a plan that would allow me to not beat myself up. And so that's why counting calories really worked for me because I have incredible self-control and willpower, but... I wasn't like counting macros or agonizing over eating this certain amount of protein. And that really worked for me, but that's because it suits my habits. Number four, keep going. How do you keep going? Because you realize it's not about the results for crying out loud. I feel impressed to talk about this, but I'm very hesitant to do so because I in no way want to throw shade or criticize anybody else. You will please notice that I personally do not post before and after pictures of myself. Um, Again, I'm not throwing shade at anyone else. Everyone is doing something different online. And for some people, I think that can be wildly motivating. But for me... I look at those before pictures and I just see a girl who was trying really hard and doing the best she could. And I don't like comparing her to this girl who has less weight. And I also mean a picture of me versus a picture of me, because to me, it suggests that I am only better if I lose weight. And that is not a healthy place for me to be. I told you my backstory. And again, if you do that online, I'm not judging you at all. I'm just sharing how it's made me feel in my life, trying to like compare myself to past versions of myself. Whenever I do that, I find it detrimental for myself. Again, maybe you don't, maybe you find it motivational, but I also think that it just places this emphasis on success and results. And that made it hard in the past for me to achieve number four, which is keep going because those pictures are just focusing on results. They're not necessarily focusing on the journey. And so continuing to keep going is just so, is so important. And this was also something I learned from Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before book is that when you start a new habit and you're going really strong on that habit, if you break it, you try to go back to that same habit. Like for instance, counting calories, it worked for me this time, but let's say I stop counting calories and then two months later, I want to come back and use counting calories to lose weight again, that habit is going to be harder 
to make and keep the second time, it may not be as effective for you. And so that for some reason was this huge motivation for me that even if I wasn't going to do the thing perfectly, I wasn't going to stop because I have this good momentum going and I want to continue with it. And again, I think that when it's just about the results, when it's just about the number on the scale, or it's just about people complimenting you having lost weight, I would go places, I'd post pictures online, I'd lost over 15, even 20 pounds. People still weren't noticing. For some reason, just all of a sudden, people started noticing and they're like, what's your secret? And I'm like, that I've been actively counting calories for six months. (laughs) And here's the thing also, weight loss is... You know, they say this, I don't know if it's true, but I believe in my experience, it's 80% diet, 20% exercise. And number five, don't let your weight loss define you because again, your values define you, how you treat people define you. If your weight defines you right now at a number you don't like, then when you get to the number you do like, that defines you. And then what happens if you gain weight again, right? It's just this cycle. And that's what it has done for me in my life. My weight has defined me for far too long. So now I'm going to share. This is a longer podcast than normal. Eric keeps telling me the time and I'm like, I don't care. I'm giving it all. I'm putting it all in one place. This is my tip. This is what I do on my walks and my runs. This is modified from something I heard Tony Robbins share in an interview, and it has changed my life. In Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, she talks about gratitude, and she says that people who have a gratitude habit or practice, that is what actively changes someone's life. So it's not just merely enough to think I'm a grateful person. The people who are radically changed by gratitude have a gratitude practice. You know, I was reading Daring Greatly after I had already started doing this thing that I had heard uh, and modified from Tony Robbins. And so I just would like to testify, amen, that I know that it is true. It has changed my life. And this is what I do. For the first part of my walk, I have a playlist on Pandora. It's classics radio station on Pandora, and it's kind of ambient instrumental songs. And for the first song, I do a breathing exercise and I do in for four and then out for four like this. (laughs) Do you want me to keep doing it? (laughs) Keep going. I like this breath technique because it it shocks your system. It gives you a jolt. And um, in the cold mountain air, it changes my physiology. Whenever I go for a walk, I'll, I'll do it for one song. So that's maybe three to five minutes. And then I do a gratitude practice for two to three songs. And I say what I am grateful for in my mind. Lots of times it will be like, I'm grateful for tree. I'm grateful for leaves. I'm grateful for curb because I'm running and like my brain is dead and or maybe I'm sad or something hard is happening. And I, it's like it takes me a minute to get rolling into what I'm grateful for. You know, I try not to veer off into other thoughts and I try not to start thinking of other things. I just try to focus on things I'm grateful for. Sometimes I'll move through my body from head to toe and be thankful for all the parts of my body that aren't in pain or I'll move through every member of my family and extended family. After we got my dad's diagnosis, I would 
focus on every memory I have of him and think about the things I'm grateful for with him. So I do that for two to three songs, which is usually about 10 minutes. And then this is this is the part from Tony Robbins. I turn on some pump up music after I've just been filled with all of this gratitude. And I start saying, I love my life. I, and I say it out loud and I start shouting it. And I, you can think about it as cheesy as you want, but the act of saying it out loud, I feel it and I mean it. I love my life, or I'll say, I love my family, or I love my job. I love what I get to do. And then I'll start being thankful for things that I'm working on. I'm thankful the workshop I'm working on will help people feel motivated. I'm thankful that this dance party is going to help women feel empowered. Whatever it is that I want, I start being thankful for that. And it gives me a sense of confidence and assurance. Then I just turn on my pump up jams. And that's usually about the time you see me grinding and bumping and moving and grooving on Instagram stories. (laughs) Because I've filled my with gratitude. I've made verbal declarations of a life that I'm grateful for. It's changed my entire way of being. And I think that that has had a big part in the weight loss too. Eric? Yeah, guaranteed. It's, and, it's been a good change. And would you say whenever I come home from a run, I'm a happy girl? Yeah. The other thing is, is that uh, if it's not a run, a walk, walks are so underrated. I walk so much more now. My body craves it. And they're a huge part of my mental health and well-being. Yeah. I, I, I love when you go on walks, even though it puts me solo with the kids. To- <laughs> totally worth it. I know that there's probably a lot more questions. I know, you know, how do you get time? How do you make time? Do you have a babysitter? Do you do this? And all of those things are, I just prioritized it. I prioritized it. Uh, Eric, help me prioritize it. If you don't have a partner that will help you prioritize it, you got to do it for yourself. I love you and support you. And I'm sorry you don't have someone who's prioritizing it with you, but I support you. Gosh, I just, I don't want anyone to feel the way I felt for so long. So I hope, I don't know. I hope any of it helped. I know it was long. I know it was a lot. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I want to thank you for subscribing to my newsletter. Um, That's my year of awesome. And I send that out every week. I love sending out my newsletter. I love writing in it. I love the responses that I get. Every month we're focusing on a different challenge. February is courage. March, I'm super excited for March's attribute of the month. And then every week I send out weekly challenges and I I get inspired for those on my runs. And I love sharing that with you. I want to thank you guys for all of the love, any of the comments, reviews. I just appreciate it so much. Eric appreciates it. I love you guys. I'm thankful for this platform to share. I hope that you find that love for yourself and that you can feel my love for you. And I just want to say only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, I finally shut up. What would you like to take us out on? Well, the song is called Minus Yours by a band I'm in called Kissed Out. I like this one. The uh, 
the drummer of the band Neon Trees is named Elaine Bradley, and she's a good friend, and she's the lead singer of this band. So here you go. Missed you, I should not have let you go. 